So my son was born January 2021. Uh, and just think back, this is a little while ago. Uh, this is the height of a surge in COVID. Uh, this is about nine months after we've had, uh, you know, services have been shut down for church and uh, people are working from home now and, and you can't really go into the office much and things are starting to kind of open up, but every once in a while things close back down. Uh, you're wearing masks everywhere. You're not having a lot of interactions with people. I think maybe like things like sports and concerts and things were just starting to kind of come back a little bit, and uh, you didn't have a lot of opportunity to interact with people at all. Uh, we'd had services. At, I was at uh, Camelback Bible Church at the time. I was a pastor over there before I was at Phoenix Bible, and uh, we'd had some services in person, but attendance was nothing like it used to be. Uh, and then my son was born in the midst of this. Uh, and what I experienced there for the first time, and, and my wife and I, uh, Lauren, experienced was an opportunity for people to come and to visit and to share a meal uh, to share, by bringing us a meal. And this was something that was so unique. In the midst of this season, when we couldn't connect with people as, as easily, when we couldn't have conversations as frequently, when we didn't have any other way except for like a Zoom call, which is super stoked, um, we had an opportunity to really connect with people again. We had an opportunity to share this experience with people again. And what I really learned is in the midst of our, our need in some ways, uh, people were willing to come and express their love to us in a very unique and tangible way. And it was a way for people to come and share in our joy of the birth of our new son. It was a way for them to, to meet our physical needs. Just, I mean, we were hungry uh, and tired. And if you've ever had a child, you know what I'm talking about. Um, but it was this unique opportunity to experience community. It was this unique opportunity to experience the love of Jesus through other people uh, in just a very small and tangible way, coming and bringing a lasagna uh, or a steak and potatoes, which was even, I was a little bit more grateful. I'm not going to be, uh, I'm just going to be honest. Um, and it, but it was a really cool opportunity for us to get to know people in our church, even that we didn't know very well at all. And so when we talk about community, we're talking about uh, the reality of getting to know each other, but also living our lives together in a way where we start to experience things like that, where we start to experience relationships that go deeper than just, hey, how are you doing? Nice to see you. That Sunday morning smile and then moving on to our pew. Then after the service, we kind of head off to lunch with a couple of close friends. Right? We're talking about building relationships with our with our people around us and experiencing these stages and phases and, and ups and downs in life together. Uh, when I was in college, it's probably the first time I started to think about what does community look like? It's, I mean, I grew up in church. I grew up kind of experiencing the Sunday morning thing, going to church and uh, going to worship services and serving and, and even going on mission trips. And I had a lot of uh, opportunity to grow in my faith, but it was probably in college that I first began to realize that community uh, was a key component of what we believe, how we practice our faith, what we experience in church, and I don't mean in the building, I mean among the people, was a key component of what it means to believe and follow Jesus. And I didn't really think about that until I was in college. And when I started to experience that, like every idealistic college student, I finally came across Acts 2. And so you might be familiar with the verse, uh, Acts 2, verse 42. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. This is the verse in Acts, if you can picture this. Uh, the book of Acts starts with the resurrection of Jesus and then the ascension to heaven. And so you have the apostles gathered in fear and anxiety. What are we going to do next? Jesus calms them, gives them an exhortation to go and tell others about him. And then he kind of leaves, right? He goes to heaven. He doesn't leave them entirely, but 
but he leaves the earth in order for them to go and begin to build his church. And as they go, as they or as, as he goes, they begin to spread out and share the gospel with all around them. And it starts in Jerusalem where they're gathered. And you have this picture of the early church gathering together, and they're sharing meals together, and they're praying for one another, and they're starting to hear about each other's needs, and they're talking about the apostles' teaching. And, and you can get this idealistic picture of what the church looks like. And as a 20-year-old, I started hearing about community, and I had this picture of an idyllic, like idyllic like scene where this is what church community looks like. It's like a curated magazine cover or an Instagram profile where everybody just gathers and you have smiling faces and good food and there's no drama and everything is just right and good in the world. But then I started meeting people and I started trying to get to know people and I realized there's some real barriers to the type of community that the scriptures describe. And so that's what we're talking about tonight. And um, the reality is, is there are barriers to community. There's barriers that we have to overcome ourselves. There's barriers that we overcome together in, uh, when we're in community with others. And so I want to talk about just three of those tonight. Uh, but there is also really an opportunity for beauty amidst the barriers. And so the first one is this. People are human. If you're taking notes, you can write that down. Uh, if you're not taking notes, that's okay, because you can remember it. People are human. Uh, I want to read just from Romans 3. You might be familiar with the verse. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I'm using some really common verses tonight because I want to remind us there's a real uh, simplicity to community in the church. The reality is, is that when we're talking about community, there's a radical um, ordinary community that we're really trying to seek after. And what I mean by that is this, as we think about these barriers, there's an ordinary sense in which this is true for all of us and each of us. Uh, There's an ordinary sense in which that we are all human. There's an ordinary sense in which we're all impatient. There's an ordinary sense in which uh, we all have needs. And yet there is a radical way that the church lives out amongst those things that starts to shape and form the type of community that we have that surpasses the community we see in this world around us. And so the first is this, people are human. You know, I had this picture when I read Acts 2 of everyone sitting around tables and enjoying their time together and sharing and and just worshiping Jesus and singing and praying and and having no problems and just smiling with one another and joking with one another. But that's just not reality. That wasn't reality for Jesus. We are so quick in our world today to recognize when others are making mistakes. We have this really keen sense in which we understand and have such high standards for others that we can pick out their problems, their mistakes, their shortcomings instantly. We can see it from a mile away sometimes. We, and maybe it's good, right? And maybe in some ways we look at leaders like politicians and we can see that they have this high standard that we want to call them to. And so when they fall short of that, we instantly recognize it. And maybe it's good because we have the same or similar high standard for people in other forms of leadership at work or in school. But the reality is we we have a culture that does that with everybody around us. We have a culture where right now you're looking at people around you at your table and wondering where where are they going to mess up? Where are their mistakes? What's their sin? And the problem is that becomes a real barrier for community, doesn't it? Because when we start to enter into relationships with people, we start to wonder, when are they going to fail us? When are they going to hurt us? When are they going to offend us? 
And the truth is, they are. They're going to. And I'm not trying to belittle sin. I'm not trying to belittle the, the pain or the, or the hurt that sometimes we experience because of other people. But if we're encouraging you to get to know others, which we are, and we encourage you to have life together and to, to live in a way that you actually rub shoulders with each other and get into relationships with one another, there's going to be a real opportunity for other people to hurt you. Because in this church, we have people that have a variety of experiences in life, a variety of backgrounds, a variety of political opinions, a variety of, of work and job experience, a variety of all of these things that come together, including the variety of temptations to sin. And now we're asking you to love one another, to get to know each other, to have conversations with one another, to be cordial to one another, and to actually talk about some of these things together. And so inherently, people are human. We've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And yet when we're looking at community, we're really quick to forget that. We want people to remember that about us. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago, right? The idea that when we're coming to someone else and, and we want to be willing to repent and confess our sin to people in our group, we want to experience the forgiveness uh, that we have, experienced, we have been given through Jesus. And yet when we're in community, how easily do we forgive? How easily do we recognize when someone's maybe even just in a conversation upset us or frustrate us, frustrated us? Are we willing to forgive them? Are we willing to work through those things, those differences, those, those sins and issues that we are confronted with? Uh, the book back there, Life in Community, which is a lot of what we're talking about through these weeks, highlights, uh, writes this. Uh, the author says, forgiveness is the glue of relationships. Without it, they will never stick. I think that there's a real beauty in the opportunity of this barrier here, right? If people are human, if people are going to make mistakes, if people are going to hurt us, we have the opportunity to live out the grace of God in our lives within the context of our community by bringing forgiveness to people. Right? We want to encourage others to repent. We've, we talked about that last week. And so, again, we're not belittling sin, but the reality of forgiveness is that it does have a cost. And when we've been hurt by someone, to forgive them is a cost to us. But there's a beauty in that in which we get to exemplify the love that Jesus showed to us. We get to show others that we truly believe in the grace that we have experienced and received from him. And we get to have others have that same experience in a way that we uh, build into them uh, that love and grace to them through our forgiveness. But that, that's a radical experience amidst the ordinary reality of people being self-centered or selfish people causing pain and frustration, people hurting our feelings, people disregarding our feelings, right? Talking over one, let's be practical. If we're talking in community groups, people might not want to listen to us. People might gossip about us. People might think that there's some decision that we've made that they wouldn't have made, and so they're going to judge us for that. Now, we don't want those things, but we're human. And so we're taking the opportunity now to say, we're going to go through those things, and in the messiness of humanity, we're going to continue to seek Christ. We're going to continue to seek relationships with people and continue to go through those things because there is a reality to God's grace that overcomes those things. There's a hope that we have that we can continue to live and show that grace to one another, even when we've been hurt, even when we disagree maybe especially when we disagree, because that's really when grace comes into play, isn't it? 
That's when the grace of God begins to work. It's really easy to forgive somebody who like makes a joke about us and we don't really care. It didn't really hurt our feelings. We didn't really think about it. But when someone actually hurts us, it's a lot harder to forgive. It's a lot harder to get through those things. That's an intentional effort. And the reality is some of you are sitting here because you haven't had this experience and you're wanting to get into a community group and you're excited. And maybe this is a little scary. But for most of us, we've had relationships that people have hurt us. We've had relationships where people have caused pain to us and we're probably a little scared to get into it again. Right? That's where the real barrier comes into play. Because it, we've had people gossip about us. We've had people say things about us that were untrue or just judgmental and critical. And we don't want to experience that again. We've had people that we disagree and we've gotten into fights and arguments and, and continue to do that over and over again where we're just tired of, of doing that. Should we really continue to try to go into community with these things burdening us? Well, it's the reality of grace. That we're willing to bear one another's burdens, that we're willing to, to step into those experiences, that we're willing to overcome the pain and to find healing because of Jesus. And so people are human. And that is a real barrier for us to have relationships with people because they're messed up. And so are we. And so am I. And so the opportunity that we have is to radically extend grace to one another. Radically extend that love of Jesus to one another. To show them, uh, to show one another that we really do believe these things, but also to experience the hope that comes out of it. When we can work through those things, we can seek restoration, we can seek repentance, we can seek forgiveness. And that's an opportunity that you have within community that you don't have when you're just disagreeing and, and separate. When you have a problem or a pain and, suffer, and, and move on. When you don't forgive and you just try to forget. See, the reality is, is that's not community, right? That's it's just worldly around us. And so you may be offended, you may be frustrated, you may be hurt, but so was Jesus. Right? At every step of the way in his ministry, he was offended and frustrated and hurt and beaten, and ridiculed, and criticized. And even by his own friends, right, his disciples, he was doubted. But he was willing to continue to press through for the purpose of his mission. To bring glory to God through his sacrifice. To bring forgiveness to the world through his death. And that's the grace that we extend when we start to forgive other people. That's the grace that we get, get to bear witness to that we've experienced ourselves. And so people are human. And so community needs to be radically gracious. The second is this. Uh, if you have uh, been taking notes, which I don't know if anybody's taking notes, so I'm going to stop saying that. Um, but you can be radically patient. Right? If people are human, people are also impatient. Uh, our, our culture wants things instantly. I, I think if we can order it on our phone, it should be here today. And if it's not today, then it's tomorrow. And, and we're really frustrated when Amazon just can't get it together and gets it here by Thursday. 
And if you want to know information, you should be able to like Google it instantly. I need to know like who was it that was that actress in that movie with the blonde hair, not the brunette. I can't remember what's her name. I should be able to Google it instantly. And the same is true for every other thing in our lives. It, it starts to ingrain in ourselves. We should have access to instantly to the entertainment that we want. We should be able to build the, the career path that we want. We should be able to have all of these things, and it should just come so easily and so naturally, right? I mean, this is, this is what we're supposed to experience in life, and it should just be coming to us. But it all takes time. I mean, the reality is, is that, that relationships especially take time, a lot of time. And something that we say a lot around here is you can't cheat time. You can't cheat time because the reality is, is that there's just a, a, a truth to the fact that you need day in and day out consistency over the course of days and months and years in order to accomplish things. The Grand Canyon is carved through the rocks over time. It's not a river just rushing through. It's a rushing river over time that carves and winds and shapes and forms and makes the, the canyon ex- exist. And so what we have here is an opportunity within community to recognize that, that it's not going to be an instant success. It's not going to be an overnight opportunity where we get to meet somebody and it feels so natural and it's easy and we're joking and we're laughing and then we're best friends. I mean, that was great in like first grade when you started school, but it didn't happen over uh, any other experience, right? I mean, maybe like when you're like a freshman in college, everybody's new and your best friend is like your new roommate who you just met. But the reality is, is that every other relationship in your life has taken time. And they're not all great relationships, probably. I've known my wife for more than 10 years now. For some of you, that's not very long. I understand. Um, but for me, that's a, that's a significant portion of my life. And to, re, to really experience the way that we know each other uh, has been a series of, like, people in almost, right? I, I've changed so much since when I met her. I met her when I was like a punk kid and now I'm like a punk man. Like, and she still deals with me. But it takes time to get to know each other and to get to understand how to communicate with each other and to understand like the nuances of who we are. To understand the difference in, you know, senses of humor and, and hopes and dreams and experiences and how things like our parenting, uh, like our parents' parenting impacted us, how our relationships with other people has impacted us, how our faith has impacted us. It takes a lot of time to get to know one person. We've had a lot of time to pour into each other, but even more so when we're talking about relationships within the church, we just don't have that much time. Right? We, we have opportunity to get to know somebody on a Sunday morning to share coffee thanks to Ruth, or, or to have a, a donut. And then again, it's, it's into the service, and we're focused, and we're worshiping, and we're studying God's word, and we're praying together as a body. But then to have more interaction, it just takes time. It takes time to communicate with one another, to, to share more cups of coffee together, to, to dig into relationships with each other. And the fact is, what that time allows for is a variety of experiences. Right? The longer you know someone, the more opportunity you have to really understand their lives. The more opportunity you have to experience stages of their lives. When I met Lauren, we were in college. She actually had just like graduated high school a few months before. I told you, I was a punk kid, and she just, she got to know me. We like played board games together and went to college Bible study. 
And the same is true for a lot of other people that I, that I met in that time, right? We, we started by just spending time together having fun, getting to know each other through watching movies and, and experiencing things where we just had the, had the uh, opportunity to just kind of share things that we enjoyed. But relationships continue to progress, and they go through marriages or maybe divorce. They go through family loss. They go through hardships, financial times. They go through the birth of children or the miscarriage of children. When you have relationships with people that you're experiencing these things with, friends that are coming alongside you in all of these stages of life, there's a real sense of connection. There's a real sense of opportunity where someone is coming and just putting their arm around your shoulder. And that just happens over time. I was talking with uh, Phil and Brenda Lyles, and they've had a community group uh, starting in Bethany more than 10 years ago, and they've had an iteration of that group now for more than a decade. That's a lot of time. That's opportunity for them to get to know people and to send people out to start new groups and to experience relationships with people and to, to build people up and to celebrate things together and to mourn things together. And it just happens with time. Many of you know what it's like to have relationships for years and years, and the reality is what we're trying to create here is opportunity for people to experience that. But we have to be patient with it. Because when we step into community, one of the significant barriers that we have is we want that instantly, right? We want it right away, but we can't achieve it instantly. Sometimes it's not easy. Sometimes it's not natural. Sometimes we have to overcome ourselves, overcome our own uh, shortcomings, or overcome our own self-conscious attitude, and and get to know people for who they really are. And that just takes time. Lauren's still trying to deal with that for me. But we can be radically patient when we're trying to care for people and love people and have the opportunity for others to love us. So for the ordinary things for people to be patient, impatient, then we have this opportunity to really extend the grace of God by being patient with the time that we have the time that we have to build relationships, the time that we invest in those relationships, the time that we uh, continue to carry through those things. And then the last thing is this. People are needy. I mean, it's true. The more we get to know people, the more we recognize how each of us just has these deep needs. Um, In Galatians 6, it says this. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap. If we do not give up, so then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially those who are of the household of faith. There's an opportunity in community groups that's really unique. We have the opportunity not only to get to know one another, not only to share in in others' celebrations and sufferings, but also to really seek to meet the needs of one another. There's this example that we see throughout Scripture where uh, people, even people that don't have a lot of means, coming together to meet the needs of others. Paul especially experiences this as a minister and, and, and pastor and apostle, where he writes about churches taking up collections to support his ministry, even from afar. But we see this as an example, not only to, to support the pastors or the leaders of the church, but where others in the church have these physical needs that they're, they're meeting one another's needs with what they have, right? Out of their excess, but also just honestly, out of the abundance that gets brought together, they start to share with one another so that every Everybody's needs are being met. So that everybody's needs are being met in a way that is radically different than the, than the world around them. 
right? We live in a culture, again, that is self-centered and self-focused, and, and we're trying to achieve our own goals, and we're trying to accomplish our own things so that when we experience those things, well, maybe we'll be happy. But it's all pointed at us. It's pointed at what I want, what I desire, what I'm trying to achieve, what my goals are, what my needs are, and then beyond. And what we see in community is a, a rejection of that attitude. And rather than looking in and down, it's looking up and out. And it's an opportunity to start to experience a, a relationship with other people where we seek to, to love them as ourselves, where we seek to, to even put them above ourselves so that we can understand what are their needs and how can we meet them. One of the groups that we've had uh, in our church for a little while now, they had this opportunity where they started to uh, buy groceries for a college student and to help uh, help him pay bills that he couldn't afford while he was going to school and working and, and just wasn't able to quite make ends meet. And so this group was able to come around this student and, and to help care for him in the midst of that season. That is radically different than the world around us. right? That is a radical commitment to care for somebody because he's a part of them. There's another uh, group where we had uh, a couple that was struggling with with an employment situation. And so uh, someone else was able to just give them $1,000 to just continue to carry on through their bills. Right? That's a radical commitment to care for someone in the midst of their needs. Right? That is a radical commitment to say, I want you to know that we love you. And that's the kind of stuff that we're looking at in, in community. But we have to be willing to share those things. We have to be willing to hear those things. We have to want to to really seek to be generous with others. And so it's a barrier. Okay, take a deep breath. Because community is hard. Right? I mean, I think at the end of the day, what we've talked about in the last three weeks is that community is everything that we desire. Right? We've been created in the image of God. We've been created to experience this relationship with him and with others in which we experience the type of community that the Trinity experiences, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, that our hearts long to have friendships and relationships with people that care about us and we care about them and that love us and we love them and we experience all of those things. And yet at the same time, the, the truth of this world is that people are sinners and people are impatient People have needs, and so do I. And because of that, I don't really necessarily want to deal with other people's stuff sometimes. I have my own stuff. So there's a lot of barriers to us to have the types of relationships, the type of community that the Scripture describes. But the beauty of the church is that we have reason to believe that we should invest in those things, that we should overcome those barriers, that Jesus has given us a sacrifice that atones for our sin and so we can give forgiveness. That Jesus was willing to patiently, and God was willing to patiently work through generation after generation after generation of his people, waiting for the coming of the Messiah. And again, now for us, waiting generation after generation after generation for his return so that we might all experience heaven together. And there is a reality that our needs are met, regardless of our skills, our jobs, our hard work, and our effort, our needs are met by God himself, that he supplies us. And because of what he's given us out of it, we are generous to meet others. We want to know others' needs and put their needs above ours even at times because we want to sacrificially love them because God has sacrificially loved us. 
There's a beauty amidst the barriers if we want to see it. There's an opportunity in community that we have within the church that we don't have outside of it. That we can point others to Jesus and also grow in our faith as we try to love like Jesus loved. And it's hard, and it's messy, and it's confusing, and some people don't vote the right way, and some people are always struggling to pay their bills, and some people seem to be greedy, and some people are just frustrating. And some people are just weird. And we want to love them. And we want them to love us. I don't want you to go out of here uh, tonight without having taken a next step. And some of you are in community groups. In fact, a lot of you are in community groups. That's amazing. Uh, But there's many of you who aren't. And I want to encourage you that if you are in a community group, try to just introduce yourself to people around your table if you haven't already and invite them to come and visit. Invite them to join you and just to check it out. Uh, And if you aren't in a community group, uh, you should definitely do that. You should definitely just visit one. See how it goes. If it's not a right fit, that's okay. We can find a right fit. The schedules, the personalities, the experiences, and the interests, we can work through those things. But the reality is is that community is too important not to take the next step. It's too important not not to try to overcome these barriers and the many other barriers. Community is is what we were created for. It's what God wants for us. That's the reason his church is a body of believers, and it's not just each of us sitting with some AirPods on a bus. It's people coming together, overcoming the barriers that we have, and seeking Jesus as one body together. And so I'm going to close this in prayer in just a moment. You're going to have opportunity to go through some discussion questions tonight. On the back of your discussion questions, there's a form that you can fill out to to jump into a community group or just take a next step. Uh, But as I pray, I'm also going to invite Tricia and Spencer Burns up to to share just after. Uh, So you guys can go ahead and come up, and and why don't we pray together? Heavenly Father, thank you so much for uh, the opportunity to gather. God, the opportunity to get to know people, to care for people, and even the trust that you've put in us to love one another, Father, uh, Jesus prayed that we would be known for the way that we love one another. That's a prayer for us that that would bear witness to the world around us and how we care for one another, how we meet for one another's need, how we meet one another's needs, uh, and how we extend grace to one another. Father, I just pray that for us here tonight that we would take opportunity to do that and to build relationships with people, Father, uh, and to go deeper in relationships with people as we seek to follow Jesus. This is in His name we pray. Amen. Hey, can we just welcome Spencer Burns? My name is Spencer. Uh, you're getting the uh, worst end of this bargain. Trisha is sitting back the, in the back. Um, but um, so we've been in the Valley for um, about six years. Uh, when we first moved out to Phoenix, uh, we knew no one. We knew not a soul in Arizona at all. And uh, we found it's really easy to make acquaintances. Um, you meet people at the park with your kids. People walk the dogs at the same time. You meet people at work. Um, but it's really not as easy to get those deeper relationships, um, especially for someone like me. I'm generally introverted. Um, my wife is very extroverted. Uh, she's social butterfly is probably not the right term for her. It's more like the palpable energy. It's more like a social hummingbird, just like there's a a palpable buzz that she gets, uh, just meeting new people, but that's not me. Um, but after being in Phoenix, um, and for a year or so, we realized we really needed that, those deeper relationships that were lacking. And so we committed to joining uh, a small group or a community group. And um, 
we found there, you know, there are barriers like AC talked and, you know, one of us, one of the big ones for us was uh, just the time commitment that goes into that. Um, we are a young family, we have young kids and everyone's busy and everyone talks about how busy they are and how sports and school projects and work. And there's a time commitment that has to go into that. You can't rush through it. Because um, if you try and rush through it, then you're the weird guy who's oversharing at the office party. You know, there's things that you can't just rush. It takes time that you have to buy into that. And the other thing, especially for me, um, as a man, is just being vulnerable with people. It goes really against everything that we are taught as an American male to be. Like, we're supposed to be fiercely independent, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, not relying on anyone else. And just biblically, that's not the case. You know, we're told that we need to be relying on people and sharing and just having those experiences um, that can only come as a group um, that really will help move us forward and, and grow deeper, not just with the relationships that we have, but ultimately with the relationship with Jesus. So um, we can say now, being at Phoenix Bible Church for uh, a little over a year, um, that just the relationships that we have developed here through our community group um, really are the, excuse me, the strongest that we've had um, just anywhere um, through changing jobs, birth of kids, um, just family trauma, all sorts of things that um, really the relationships that we've developed here are closer than any we've ever had. So uh, if you're on the fence about a community group, um, just do it. There's just no, there's, there's things that you just have to do sometimes to just jump in. Um, if you are not sick of the sound of my voice, um, at this point, um, Trisha is a, also a lovely person, much more, uh, much more interesting to listen to than I am. Um, but we are starting a community group, uh, just that, uh, joy that we've had from the, the small group and the community group that we've had just led us to feel like we want to start our own community group. Um, so we live in North Phoenix, uh, so kind of the 10151 area, um, we're going to be meeting, uh, probably Monday nights to start. Um, so if you are interested uh, in joining a community group or live in that area and want to check us out, uh, you can find me or my wife in the back. And thanks for listening. Hey, thank you so much. Yeah. So there's an opportunity, like I said, on the back of the discussion questions where you can even, even let us know that you'd like to have more information about Trisha and Spencer's group or other groups as well. But uh, we're going to give you just some time now to dive into those discussion questions and talk a little bit more about the barriers that we face and the needs that we have uh, in community. And uh, then we'll wrap things up in just a little bit.